Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 871. Chapter 134. The Road to Levenshire. We made poor time the next day, as Crin and I were forced to lead the three horses and L besides. Luckily, the horses were well behaved, as Edema-trained horses tend to be. If they had been as wayward-witted as the poor mare's daughter, we might never have made it to Levenshire at all. Even so, the horses were almost more trouble than they were worth. The glossy roan, in particular, liked to wander off into the underbrush foraging. Three times now, I'd had to drag him out, and we were irritated with each other. I'd named him Burback, for obvious reasons. The fourth time I had to pull him back onto the road, I seriously considered cutting him loose to save myself the trouble. I didn't, of course. A good horse is the same as money in your pocket, and it would be quicker to ride back to Severin than walk the whole way. Crin and I did our best to keep Elle engaged in conversation as we walked. It seemed to help a bit, and by the time our noon meal came around, she seemed almost aware of what was going on around her. Almost. I had an idea as we were getting ready to set out again after lunch. I led our dappled grey mare over to where Elle stood. Her golden hair was one great tangle, and she was trying to run one of her hands through it while her eyes wandered around in a distracted way as if she didn't quite understand where she was. L, she turned to look. Have you met Greytail? I gestured to the mare. A faint, confused shake of the head. I need your help leading her. Have you led a horse before? A nod. She needs someone to take care of her. Can you do it? Greytail looked at me with one large eye, as if to let me know she needed leading as much as the end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. Oh yeah, right. Jeremy's uh Jeremy's off perhaps being led astray by another horse uh who tried to give him pie. Mmm. <laughs> horse pie. Have you ever eaten horse, Jordana? Uh no. Can't say that I have. I might have tried it Is at that some legal fancy in restaurant Canada? I don't, I don't know if that's legal in Canada. I feel I like know. we have like different meat rules. I don't know. I'm sure you could get horse if you if you wanted to. Now I'm curious. Yeah, I don't I don't know if uh I don't know if horse meat's a thing here or where you would get it. Um okay. But uh, I see what Quoth is doing and uh it's I have done this with so many children <laughs> where like you 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 want them to focus, so you put them in charge like in quotations in charge of something. Um, and I think the reason I would do it for a kid is totally different than the reason that he's doing it right now for L, but I see it. I see the technique. I appreciate it. I am familiar with it. Yeah. This is a real thing that I, I can speak to uh, because when I was really, really depressed, uh, my therapist gave me a plant uh, and I still have it. Um, but it is a real technique where you like give them something to care for you you know you you give them a pet or you give them a plant you give them something that they have to be responsible for and uh, it really helps 
Also, Jordana, Canada is one of the uh, leading exporters of horse meat in the world, oh, in fact. I knew, I actually, wait, you know what? You know what's funny is I knew that, but because they export horses, that does not mean that we actually sell it here. Well, it's, you, We export you, the physical horses, not the meat. Yeah, but it's also eaten here. I mean, it's not okay. common. Just according to this cursory Google, all these sites are saying, like, it's not illegal here to eat it. I don't know where you'd go for it. I'm sure you could get a horse meat dish in some fancy restaurant or other. It's definitely not illegal. All right. Uh, back to what we were talking about. Plants. Also other responsibilities. Yeah. It's a real thing. for trauma response. Yeah. And it's, you know, Quoth is giving her the horse that doesn't need any help, <laughs> which is funny. And the horse uh, and the horse knows. I love it when, like, animals give knowing looks. Yeah, I like that the horses have a little bit of character here. Uh, so often in you know in movies and in books and stuff, where people are riding horses, the horses are you know might as well just be vehicles. They don't have any character. They don't have any anything to set them apart from one another. I'm sure anyone who knows horses will tell you that they all have personalities and and stuff. Every now and then in a fantasy book, you'll have like someone who's in touch with the horses, but it's really just their character note. It's really nice to encounter, even just for a brief moment, like. This idea that the the horses themselves have <laughs> have characters, have some wants and needs, and uh, as a proud owner of a dog who gives me knowing looks all the time, animals can definitely give you knowing looks. <laughs> I uh, I have a favorite fantasy horse. Were you a horse girl? No, we talked about this. You were a dragon. No, I was girl. a dragon girl. Right. Okay. What's your fantasy horse? It's Roach. <laughs> Roach oh. is my favorite horse from fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, that being I find the, Roach very funny. That's the horse from The Witcher, not yes, a life-size cockroach that you ride. No, that would be great though. A horse-sized cockroach. Yeah. I mean that would be it would be horrible and terrifying but also very entertaining. I feel like you'd get stuck underneath its chitinous plates. Uh I mean yeah, if you got too close to it probably. Yeah. Also, I would hate if uh like normally things that are bigger move a little slower. Like like for example, like humans and horses probably move slower, like body body to like distance ratio wise than say a cockroach. Yeah. Well, the, the fact is that an insect that was that big couldn't support its own weight. You can't ever have like a giant insect like that because they can't support their own weight. That's oh not to God. say that like you don't have the special, you know, species of spiders that are as big as a dinner plate in Australia. Those certainly exist, but... Those are not insects. They are arachnids. It's different. Sure. But what I mean is, like, if you got a, a blow-up ray and you blew up an ant to the size of a house, it wouldn't be able to walk. Because gravity. Exactly. It would have to specially evolve, or perhaps evolve on the seafloor. Like, as we know, the uh, noble lobster, an animal that is genetically immortal. So if a lobster is not killed or uh, die through through natural, you know, through unnatural or, or illness causes, it will continue to grow forever. So, which means that there's certainly like a colony of massive lobsters. Yeah, on the say, of the I'm ocean. a proponent of the, of the giant undead lobster at the bottom of the sea. Yeah. Yeah. We are all proponents of indeed worshipers of the giant undead. Lo Why is it undead? Well, it's, it's, it's uh, immortal is probably it's un the oh, it's, it's undying. The giant undying, undying, yes. lobster. The giant yes. undying lobster at the bottom of the sea. Yes. When, when, James Cameron finally disappears into the Mariana Trench. We can doff our caps and know that he has finally met the only being who could have taken him down, the immortal undying lobster. 
at the bottom of the sea. I've never actually eaten lobster. You've um, never eaten lobster? Well, I mean, like, okay, so I have a good reason for not having eaten lobster. And that is that it's A, normally expensive, and B, the idea of paying a lot of money for what is essentially a, like a sea bug doesn't, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm not going to pay more money for something that is essentially like a sea garbage eating insect. Like, <laughs> well, the, I mean, the, the fun fact about lobster is that it was peasant food for a long time until the ability to transport them became uh, became possible, like the, the ability to preserve them or uh, to keep them alive and transport them. And then they became desirable uh, in inland, inside the continent. But for a long time, it was like, it literally was just like sea bugs that were scraped up by the peasants and eaten. But also yeah, they're delicious. Yeah, I refuse to pay a lot of money for a sea bug. I recommend, Jordana, starting with like a pasta or something, like get a lobster dish, but not necessarily a full lobster. Also, full lobsters are a pain to eat because you have to like crack the shells and stuff. Uh, get a lobster tail or like eat eat some off someone else's plate like just try it but really it's yeah, my, to... my plan is uh, uh is to like try some of jeff's at some point because i know jeff is definitely going to get lobster when we go to goa so yeah oh yeah when you come to goa i'll, I'll get you all the lobster you can handle i'm good <laughs> but jeff will eat all the lobster <laughs> yes your own your very own sea dwelling bottom feeder Ah, uh, yes. All, all the loveliness that is the sea bug. <laughs> the sea bug in your bed. A heartwarming children's tale. That actually sounds kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, we should. Jordana, do you want to collaborate on a children's book? I Don't ask me that. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Um, okay. I got enough shit to do, Nick. I got, no. <laughs> I got so many projects. Let's do it. I've always wanted to write a children's book. I think that'd be great. <laughs> all right. All right. New project. Yeah, new does children's books. Yeah, well, you know, two thirds of page of the wind, the 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 productive side. Of page Jeremy of the wind. can edit it. I don't want Jeremy to edit my book. Get his grubby fingers off. He's gonna, he's gonna, he'll in, in, he he won't be, he won't understand the metaphors at the at the center of it. He's just gonna take it at face value. This is gonna be a book that requires close reading, Jordana. A children's book that requires close reading. That sounds like a like a brilliant idea, Nick. Thank you. It's only <laughs> gonna be clear on several rereads what the actual story is, and there will be a time loop. That's actually, that's like Goodnight Moon. I feel like Goodnight Moon was a book that I like, I like, could have, I could have close read it read as a child. I mean, I guess you can close read it, but it's, it's pretty much like the, the subtext is the text there where it's, it's a granny putting but why her, are they rabbits? Because they're cute. They're cutesy. Are you sure? Are you sure that's why? What are you getting at here? Are they like? I'm not. I'm just saying. They, I found dead? that book very mysterious as a are child. They in I was purgatory? like, why are the color schemes so limited? Why are they rabbits? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting what you looked at as a child and you saw the color scheme. I think it's likely that it's has like a a primary color palette in order to be, uh, you know, accessible and digestible. It's actually a a it has it ha, it's its color palette has orange in it, so it's not primary. Okay, well. It is a simple and repetitive color palette. Yeah, it's like green, blue, black, and orange, I think. And a bit of yellow. There's a little bit of yellow. No, it's like nighttime tones. I don't know. I see what they're doing here. Anyway, this is the kind of uh, rigor that we shall bring to the creation of our uh, children's, children's book. book. That's right. That's and right. what is it called again? Lobster in my bed? No. It's, yeah, the sea creature sea, in my bed. The sea, the sea bug in my bed. Sea bug. That was it. Sea bug in my bed. All right. Write it down, Jordana. Also, let's, right. start, let's start telling uh, selling t-shirts. 
We can't sell t-shirts before doing the book. No, it's like an inside joke. It's like it's like a Kickstarter bonus. You know, it's like I'm supporting the creation of Seabug in my bed. Okay, I will write it down. Good, good. All right, that's that's page one. That's the title page. We got it. We did it. All right. See, that's progress. You see, Jordana, this is this is collaboration. This is a jam session here. I, I think that we're supposed to be like close reading the page, not having a jam session. But also, we're already like 12 minutes in. What are we doing? Have we talked about this page at all? <laughs> um, well, we got onto lobster somehow. Uh, animals. Um... Oh, yeah. No animals giving knowing looks. All right. Okay, good. Uh, he's naming the horses. Presumably, he's also named Greytail. He named Burback. Uh, he named I, Okay, he says for obvious reasons. I actually, I don't know what the obvious reasons are. Well, he got stuck in the woods and he got burrs on his back. Oh. Yeah. That said, these do not feel like the most insightful names that Quoth has given in the past. Yeah, this doesn't feel like capital N naming. No, I don't think so either. But I do think that it's relevant that Quoth is like, tossing names to things left and right. He always names his horses, which is interesting and, and fun. And as much as Jeremy likes to poo-poo this idea, I think that it is important that Quoth has like a knack for naming things. He also subscribes to the same school of horse naming that I do for my Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom horses. Yeah, I was just thinking it's important to name your horses and stable them because otherwise uh, you won't get them in the next game. <laughs> you can carry horses forward between games? Yeah, you can get your Breath of the Wild horses in Tears of the Kingdom if you stabled and saved and saved them at the sta- if you named them and saved them at the stables. I mean, I did. Do I have to go find the horse god or something? Uh, I I mean, they should just be at the stable. I honestly, I haven't personally played the game. I just know it worked for my friend. Make sure you're playing it on the same system. I mean, I am. That sounds to me like one of those schoolyard things where they were like, "Yeah, if you use." Wait, you have a switch? Yeah. I didn't know you had a switch. Did I know you had a switch? I did know I, you had a switch. I, 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 did. Think you I did. did know that. I'm sorry. It reminds me of like the schoolyard stories where it was like, if you use strength on the dump truck, then it moves and there's a secret area and their view is in there. Like one of those things that people just say, which is nice that they still exist. I like that. But um, I, I have two two people who don't know each other who corroborated this story. So Okay. Well, they weren't just in there. I bet you you have to go find the horse god or something. Yeah. It's possible that you might have to go do a thing, but yeah. I don't know what that thing is because I haven't played either of those games because I do not own a switch. Well, would you like to? I would love to own a Switch. I also desperately want to play Animal Crossing because when it came out, everyone told me I would love it and I kept telling them to shut up because I couldn't buy it because I didn't have a game console for it. And I was like, I don't care how much you think I would love this game. I can't play it. Anyway, that's my rant. Thank you. (laughs) For as low as $1 a month, your contribution can help a starving Jordana afford a Nintendo Switch with which to play (laughs) the highly recommended game Animal Crossing. Picks up Jordana. Look in her eyes. Look at her. Her sad <laughs> eyes welling up with tears that would be overflowing, except that she's cemented her lids shut. What? Why? I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to riff a little bit, but I'm I'm tired and I had too much McDonald's, so I'm I'm not in the best riffing situation. I'm still I'm still uh, yes, McDonald's, the great stealer of riffs. It's true, man. You get so actually, sleepy probably, and you feel yeah, bad afterwards, you know? Like you just you need to be like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's almost like a protein shake or something that you have to have, like a special concoction. Like an anti-McDonald's right concoction. For... A yeah, exactly. McDonald's drink. Exactly. I think that's why I'm so, uh, it's hard to keep me on the page the last few episodes because I'm just so like, uh, I don't know. I'm sort of at my, I'm at like well, the end of my Well, to be fair, this rope. page didn't have a whole lot on it and uh, we made a 16 minute episode out of it. So congratulations us. 
Yeah, I guess where I'd leave it is that L is improving. Uh, Quoth is a little bit mean in his narration, but I guess he's he's saying that like the horses are giving him some grief, and so is managing this girl who is still, you know, still deeply traumatized. Uh, hard to you know, hard to keep. She needs more attention than he can give her. You know. Yeah. Well, I think that like they're all tired and they're coming near their wits' end. Like Chris, or sorry, not Chris. Crin is going to be kind of mean about L. To, on tomorrow's page so like it's not like it's just quote it's it is it is a symptom of their situation as a whole it's not like quote just being a dick it's it's that like they're all kind of tired it's been a really long couple of days slash evening and day and like they're ready to to stop doing the thing that they're doing and listeners we are ready to do the stop doing the thing that we're doing and start working on a children's book. But we'll still see you tomorrow. Yes. And don't forget, in the meantime, for as little as $1 a month, your contribution can help buy Jordana a Nintendo Switch. And then we can play Smash Bros. Jordana. Ooh. All right. Well, look forward to that on another page. Or Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. Of. Or Mario Kart. <laughs> Win! Win! <laughs>